Mr. Finley, how are you? You start the same way every time. Well, Mr. Finley, how are you? I'm trying to announce it for you, uh, considering our current sound setup. You might just think of something minutes. inventive. You're a comic, you're a stand-up comic. Think uh, on your feet, Tommy. Hey, fuck nugget, here we go. Um, Let's stand. All right, I like it, Joe. Hey, wasn't there a... Um, I don't know if this is like a, a Kenneth Anger or Hollywood Babylon. I don't know what it is, but you've heard the old rumor about... Um, about Cary Grant, there's a couple of rumors, right? Yeah. One is that I can think of one right off the bat, but that would be the one. Well, okay. Well, there's a few. I mean, we all, growing up, we have all these rumors, like Rod Stewart and the they had to pump six <laughs> six six and a half gallons of seven fluid was for resort six teaspoons, as I recall, yeah, of, of 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 cum. Right. Which seemed which seemed excessive. It seemed like a reasonably like a, a reasonable medical statement when I was a kid too. Like, why would like doctor I have doctor. to have this. <laughs> the doctor with a spoon, like ah, this is uh, it's one of those, half, one of those round know. baking spoons, you know. That has, <laughs> it wasn't a heaping. It wasn't a heaping tablespoon of cum. But yeah, yeah. it's like why? Why would first of all, why would anyone go to the doctor and be like, I've swallowed cum? Um, I, I guess when I was younger, that just seemed like something you go to the, the hospital for. And it then, seemed like it would be possible. And then the doctor, I guess, immediately got on the phone to the National Enquirer. It's like, guess what? I just pulled. <laughs> I was like, it just none of it makes any sense. Right. Like how would you? Why would you do that for less than a pint, for instance? Yeah, and if you want a pint out, that'd be like that's something to talk about. Maybe. Yeah, I guess, especially if it came out like moose tracks or something. Oh, but man. but then there's also like there's the one about uh, Richard Gere and the gerbil. Oh, everyone of knows that one, but that doesn't. I mean, uh, that makes more sense. Yeah, but is it even physically possible? I've I've had so many people try to prove to me that it's physically possible and By physically impossible. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm not that lucky. I don't. I don't you know, make it to Tijuana that. Much. It does actually seem like, to me, it seems possible, but it also seems like, and it seems kind of traumatic to all involved, especially the, the weasel or whatever it is. Especially the meerkat that the they came up your ass. Yeah, but it, but it also seems like, again, traumatic. once yeah, you I'm get it out, ending. like, what would it, who would, why go to the plant, like, that would be extra, extra. <laughs> what was it, the Sam Kinison line? I thought I knew every way to get high. Well, anyway, this so be, Gary, This would be a brand new one. Gary yeah. Grants was probably Probably just as disturbing to some folks in his time that that homophobic society was yeah, that, that he was gay, that he was gay, or that he was bisexual, and and yeah. specifically that he he and James Cagney had had a fling, which really? seems like an odd pairing. To wow. Me. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. James Cagney. I mean, I don't but come to think of it. I, like, how tall is how tall is Cary Grant? He's much taller than James Cagney. Well, most things are. <laughs> He's <laughs> kind of the seducer point. too, right? Yeah. Sure. I guess, and but the other one was yeah, uh, blow me, blow me, blow me, fella. I just hear James Cagney's dirty talk would be a fucking amazing. Yeah, see, see. Um, but I'm Edward G. Robinson somehow. The uh, the other, it's easy to get those two confused yeah, when you're doing. <laughs> so so, the other one, and this isn't really salacious, and I think this one is actually true, is that is that Cary Grant had a a long sort of love affair with um, LSD. Really? Yeah, I'm not in the hip. I mean, early on, LSD, by the way. Um, it was legal because for the longest time. Okay. I'm, yeah, know. no, it, you're on the right track. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, the guy, one of the founding fathers of Alcoholics Anonymous, used LSD a lot in the 1950s as a sort of therapeutic. Because apparently. The I didn't know it was that old. I thought it was 60s. Oh no, it's the '30s. Uh, Albert Hoffman discovered it on oh, right. rye, wheat rye, I think, in the in the '30s. 
Okay. I all took a ham on Ryan, and he started tripping <laughs> on Broadway. <laughs> tripping balls. Um, yeah, no, it was... The yeah, thing, what are you, tripping balls? I think if you take LSD in the way that you and I never did, which is like not going to like a rock concert and watching your <laughs> hands or something, uh, people will say that it's kind of an ego destroyer, that it sort of like gets you in tune with the idea that everyone's in the same boat in the universe, and then allows you... Because it gives you a kind of a baseline for therapy, and I think there are people who still believe uh. that. And and Cary Grant was one of these guys, like for being so classic sort of Hollywood, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. very classically Hollywood. Yeah. In some ways, he was definitely very non-Hollywood. For instance, he was an avid runner, like a long-distance runner. Really? In fact, he retired from films, basically, with Walk, Don't Run, a film about marathon running in Japan, uh-huh. uh, uh, co-starring a young George Takei, <laughs> uh, by the way, okay. um, to, to devote his life to, to running. Cary Grant. Wow. Okay. And and so so it doesn't. Even if you made that much money, you could just stop suddenly. And just well, of course, yes, of course. But I <laughs> not mean, even competitively. I just something to go out and do this activity thing. For a it's while. still not the usual thing, especially. I mean, you'd uh, never consider sure. like like Clark Gable is going to like quit Hollywood to become a synchronized swimmer, just to name a perfectly parallel example of the Cary Grant I, thing. How much? How much would I fucking pay to see that? Mm. And then, <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me that that he sort of did something different. I think. If he had lived long enough, he he would have been really into like um, Est and Landmark Forum and like a lot of the. I could just see him doing sure, that, sure. right? Attempting the avant-garde. Well, the seventies sort of. He died in like eighty-four, I think, and I think no. the seventies sort of fit him for like a a, a a last sort of renaissance. You know, I could I could see him with a butterfly collar, open shirts. You know, big Swifty Lazar oh, glasses. Giant. Oh God, yeah, those fucking those those glasses. Yeah, those Bill Evans glasses. Yeah. Oh my. So anyway, I think he's just, in a way, it's like he's the usual in so many ways and kind of the unusual. And, and, and his beginning is kind of usual, too. This this guy, he's, uh, his name is Archibald Leach, Archibald as I recall, Leach. right? Yep. And, and this sort of, like, athletic guy, um, really interested early on in these films that were, like, um, uh, really kind of offbeat. I mean, he became, the, the early on, the king of screwball comedies. But Definitely. They were, but they were also kind of offbeat plays, you know, mm-hmm. with Catherine Hepburn, like, and, and Holiday and, and Bringing Up Baby, and it's like he was very, very also like a dashing, dashing man who uh, one of his primary characteristics, I think, was self-deprecation. Yeah, and I think the only modern sort of equivalent we have, I in my mind, is George Clooney. George Clooney, yeah, I would say that too. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely our current Cary Grant. Yeah, sure. I mean, both like very pretty men, uh, but you're right. There's a certain amount of self-deprecation, and he's funny. I think Cary Grant is a very, very funny man. Oh yeah, yeah. And the way that the funniest people are funny, he's got a little bit of a W.C. Fields to him. Something happens outrageous, and he just says under his breath, "Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do." And it's like Mm -hmm. you're totally with the, the under. Is under your breath, yeah. drat, you know, uh, view of society <laughs> around him that he has, and somehow he's a pretty boy at the same time. Yeah, and a seducer. It's of a women. kind of a, it's a neat trick if you could pull it off, right? Yeah. we want our we want our self deprecating heroes to sort of like you know look like that. Well, you it's know, easy for you and I to be self deprecating. Yeah. It's natural. To be Zach Galifianakis, not uh, not George Clooney. If you're a guy who's wearing like uh, let's say um, luxurious slip on loafers, white. Um, Socks, shorts, and a fedora. It's easy to be self-deprecating, is what I'm saying, Tommy. I, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, because what? And you sort of have to be. The thing is, is when you're when you dress like a fucking rock star and a stud, <laughs> you gotta, Tommy you gotta, you gotta make sure that's 
sure everybody's exactly not feeling, the just people just don't want people you don't want people around you to feel threatened, right? <laughs> yeah, so you got to be self-deprecating. Everyone that appreciates that, Tommy. Just the sheer animal sexiness just oozing out of every sexiness. every pool. You are like a reed instrument. That's uh, true. Definitely. Again, I think the outfit is only missing the suspenders. Okay. Okay. So, so the thing is, I don't know why Cary Grant isn't in my top ten because everything about him is, should be. And I'm not saying the only reason he isn't is I just don't think about him enough. Yeah. As obviously as I do other people, and yet when I do think about him, I it's kind of like the Betty Davis thing. Like, why am I not thinking about this guy more? I sh- there's know? something. I think there's something about him. I don't. You know, it's hard to say. Like, you're right. He basically was kind of a rom-com hero. So uh, he just he never. He was never like a contender for an Oscar, as far as I'm concerned, on any sort of. Did he ever win? He never won an Oscar, right? I don't know. I should look that up. You know, what's interesting I, is because what, because I, I would think of him like in the same category and breadth as Spencer Tracy, but I think more of Spencer Tracy than I do of Cary Grant. Wait, why would you think of those two in the same breath? Uh, because that's a curious but, uh, statement. Well, again, they both worked. They both worked a lot of sort of the screwball comedies. Certainly worked a bunch with Catherine Hepburn, for instance. That's just the one. But somehow I equate the two. Very similar. Good-looking men, definitely. Uh, you know, with wait, the, with the good-looking hair. men. I'm sorry. Can I finish my fucking? Sentence, please. Right, thank you. With the with like the good hair and the charm and sort of the grace going on at the same time, I, th- I think of them as being somewhat similar. So you, now that you've finished, is Spencer Tracy a good-looking man? I would say so. Yeah, particularly early on. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. All right. He and Jack Lance. So uh, and uh, Borg died. Uh, yeah. 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 Spencer Tracy, a good-looking man. Yeah, he pulled it off pretty well. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that from anyone. Okay, you're a re- you're a Renaissance man, sir. Uh, okay, Joe, have it, fun with this. It bothers you when I disagree with you, doesn't it? No, no, it just bothers me that you're like trying to disagree, shame me, fuck you, and they hear you fucking. Well, I just never heard, heard that before. Right okay, great, congratulations. Uh, you never fucking heard that before. There is no correlation whatsoever. You can't possibly think of a way to put Spencer Tracy and Cary Grant in the same sentence. That doesn't occur. As good-looking men, I think that's part of it. Is I've that ne- all I said? I've never heard that before. Well, uh, okay. I just never, I just never occurred to me that. He's that Spencer Tracy's. I find, I find there man. to be more similarities than differences between those two guys. My apologies. Sorry about that, kiddo. Uh, sorry, Tom. I, I didn't realize this podcast was me uh, about me agreeing with you one hundred percent. Less you have a about it is the other part of it. Uh, he's a good-looking man, Tom. Whatever. He's brilliant-looking man. Whatever. Okay. Cary Grant, to my knowledge, <laughs> has not. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the first film. All right. The Awful Truth. All right. 1937, Irene Dunn, uh-huh. Cary Grant, right. Ralph Bellany. Oh, it's a, wait, wait. What, what, what do you think about... This is a guy who's underappreciated, no? I would agree with that. I loved him in The Professionals in 1966. Right. But um, other than that, he doesn't... He's one of those guys who, sh- who I think probably had star quality but never kind of broke. Yeah, I would agree with that. He was a great dancer, apparently. Is that right? Well, I guess. He's one of those guys, like in this film, he does a little bit of dancing that's like, kind of goofy. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you have to be a, a great dancer to be, I think, to pull off to be goofy. Probably, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you'd want, I guess that would be part of the part of the process of getting him in for the part, is you'd want to know that he'd have some kind of move so that he could pull that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. And he definitely plays like, I mean, it, this is a, uh, fair to say, this is a pretty sort of, um, this is a good screwball comedy. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely I, this is this is essence. This is essence of screwball comedy in a lot of ways. And he plays the uh, sort of the, the other Irene's other love potential love interest, and uh, and he plays a Huckleberry. Well, she has a few in this movie, right? It's fun. Uh, uh, Cary Grant did a movie with Irene Dunn. It's it's all over the place. Public, um, what do you call it? Public not access. Um, when it's available to the public on like YouTube, a whole movie. I forget yes, what you're yes, talking. Yes. Um, called Penny Serenade, mm-hmm. which is a fucking tearjerker, and it's the only movie in this period other than Gunga Din, which is not a tearjerker, but it's oh, not well, a screwball. It's comedy. a tearjerker, but for not the right. Yeah, yeah, but it, that isn't. Uh, 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 <laughs> it's disturbing. Cary Grant doing what we're talking about. Uh, um, but yeah, he made a few movies with Irene Dunn, and she's. All right, what's what's their situation? Do you want to uh, break that down for us? Uh, in the movie? Yeah, it's it's the um, it's he has uh, been okay. So he goes on like some kind of a trip. He comes back. He's um, he, he basically took a break away from his wife, from what I could tell. Am I, am I wrong in that? Yeah, well, it's never clear exactly what if he was exactly stepping out on her. Although that's a good assumption. It that seems he was like what they're kind of implying without actually saying it. And so so like he's like he's in opening scenes. He's like trying to. To get a tan yeah. so that he can convince her that she was in Florida instead or of no, it was California. California. Yeah, yeah, uh, and 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 he wasn't. So and then he comes in and then I come to find out that she uh, spent uh, like an overnight trip with her music instructor. Yeah, and that uh, causes him to go insanely jealous, and essentially they get a divorce. Music instructors are, are sort of classic uh, characters for this, right? right? Because they're half. They're probably gay. First off, there's always like that kind of implied assumption about the music instructor in those situations. Yeah. Or in any way, sort of a neuter, you know, like a neuter male character, yeah. which makes it more ridiculous that the male gets jealous and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, so they get, so yeah, so they get a divorce. Yeah. Um, and the first sort of contention they have in their divorce is Mr. Smith the dog, which I find. <laughs> Even for a screwball comedy, kind of unnecessary. It's literally the same dog from uh, the Thin Man. Is it Asta? It's Asta. Yeah, it's exact. It's that dog. Oh, it's the actual actor. It's Asta. the actual <laughs> dog. Yeah, from who is Asta? Yeah. I can't. His name was like Puddles or Chuckles or something like that. Huh. It was. Yeah, it, it, it was actually it was literally that dog. So you see him even doing some of the same tricks across the two movies. But it's like beyond that. I mean, the thing is about this movie is that I like this movie, but it's moved along by things that are just not very unusual. No. Like if you go back, <laughs> I think it's the same year actually. If yeah. we were talking about the first stars born with Janet Gaynor and Frederick March, it, another stock character is like the wise aunt. Yes. Right? The right. wise cracking and wise wealthy oftentimes aunt. Right. Who, who knows better than her niece who's sort of muddling around and will come around in the end. And you know from the get-go, of course, that this divorce isn't going to last. Of course, they're going to they're going to find right. their way into each other's arms. At the last minute, they will they will reconcile somehow. Okay, so then you're you're sort of left with these movies, which is like, how well can the filmmaker set up the obstacles to keep me entertained? Right. And my answer my answer on this one is pretty well, not amazing. Yeah. Ralph Bellamy is it Bell Bellamy? Bellamy. I was going to say Bellamy. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, plays a great Huckleberry. Yeah. Um, the dramatic irony of him not knowing what's going on, everyone else around him does, yeah. is interesting. His relationship with his overbearing, sort of a meshed mother, right. is kind of interesting. Cary Grant making fun of them. The the, the possibly gay uh, music teacher. 
But in the end, I think all that really matters is that you like Cary Grant and that you like Irene Dunn. Well, I think that's the whole, that's like almost the point of this thing. I mean, you think about it. This came out what 1937, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're like right at the end of the uh, right at the end of the uh, the Great Depression, and I'm watching these people. And this is again, this is like that that uh, Scorsese line about Woody Allen movies. Uh-huh. Like this is in New York, nobody's ever fucking seen. Of course, yeah. Like we're talking like the, like the crazy wealthy people of New York, the people who appear on the cover of the fucking New Yorker, right. women who wear half a dog around their neck, you yeah. know, yeah. and somehow nobody calls them, like, ridiculous for that kind of thing. Yeah. And so this was that. I mean, this was that, this was a, a screwball comedy and sort of, like, no song and dance Ginger Roger Fred Astaire's, but it was a screwball, screwball comedy and the, you know, the upper crust are, are 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 kind of weird and funny and look how cool they dress and look look at the shit they do with their time. And so I think, I think it had that quality going for it and all you really need at that point yeah. is for the two, is for the leads to be likable and to pull it off, yeah. and they did. And it's and it, it's what it's maybe it's an era too. My wife always says she, my, like, my wife does not care for old movies. Go figure. Mm. But but the ones she does like when she likes them are like from the '30s when they're so old that you're kind of entertained by the acrobatics that a director goes through to right. give you a story. So one point, you know, uh, they're divorced. Um, they run into each other in a nightclub. Cary Grant is with a much younger woman who turns out to be a performer at the nightclub. <laughs> and she's embarrassing when, they, she when she goes in to perform. She doesn't act. She sings a song that requires like a gust of wind to like blow up her dress. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> And he's kind of embarrassed. But, but all the. We never see her again, and the entire purpose of that character appearing is so that Irene Dunn can later on imitate her. Right. In in if, but like for a huge stretch of the film yeah, in this yeah, really yeah. really uh, bizarre way. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what to say. I think it's like the Janet Gaynor thing in, in *Star Is Born*. I mean, that 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 is a much more complete film in terms of a plot and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 it's like you just sort of fall in love. I think also this maybe it's this sort of sexism of the time. You're just meant to sort of fall in love with certain actresses. Yeah, and actors too, for that matter. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, not Spencer Tracy, because he's not that good looking. Well, he's a doll face, apparently. I don't know what to say. Yeah. You got very defensive. You were angry there. Oh, damn. Like a gorilla. You're a gorilla. <laughs> um,. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's not much to say about this. I think it's a very. I I think if you like, hey, can you recommend a good screwball comedy? Go check this out. It's as good as it's as good as many, and not as good as some, but it's it's as good as a lot of them. You could interchange it it for me in in terms of this one or like my favorite wife or any of of half a dozen that he he did during this time. Um, Adam's Rib, yes. Um, also, um, I would say the only one that sort of stands out is maybe one we should do with Rosalind Russell later on, and that's His Girl Friday. Yeah. That's a little bit better than all of these, and I think yeah. we're talking about it at some point. And it's fucking Rosalind Russell, too, so yeah, of course. Andy Mame. Andy. Well, yeah. Do yeah All right. Now, there's no reason why we should be talking about this next film, and, and really, that you love this film. I, yeah, I don't know why. I have no <laughs> idea why. It's always been a, a super guilty pleasure. Of oh, okay. I was watching it with you actually the, the other night. I fell asleep, but it didn't matter because I've seen it like five or six times, <laughs> maybe maybe five times. Sure. Um, and I've I've heard the radio, the Lux Radio Hour, <laughs> Soap Radio Hour version of it. All right, nice. I really enjoy this film, yeah. and it's really just an earlier sort of version of the Money Pit with with the aforementioned Tom Hanks. Absolutely, yep, yeah, it is. So it's it's nineteen forty eight. We're going eleven years uh, past nineteen forty eight with uh, Mr. Blanding. Mr. Blanding builds his dream builds house. That's <laughs> right. Well, okay, it's, I I get it. It's good. It's it's. Um, 
Okay, so what is it? Like, it's, let's it's, just talk about the movie first. Well, first right? of all, it's a social commentary. It's oh. trying. It's trying heavily to be a social commentary on modern man and the in the middle class, metropolitan. You know, being driven crazy by the city and the natural desire we have to sort of like Why? I think they call it white flight, but uh, to <laughs> of the city to get away from the darker people. The, for sure, Vermont or in this case Connecticut countryside. Yep. Right, right, right. Um, and have your own property. Yeah, because your property is also your side. You know, your 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 of wealth and all that kind of stuff. Too, so right? I mean, the whole first, like I would say, most of the first act, all kind of resembles like a lot of those old like RKO RKO um, instructional films, like like the husband gets up. But he finds he has little there, room. There is a little voiceover. The good wife has done this, and it's yeah. like so. You see them in their apartment, and it's like they have two daughters, and everything is like overdone with how he can't brush his teeth without her slamming in the face with a mirror. Right. And um, you know, it's it, it's ridiculous. There's nothing to buy into actually mm-hmm. in terms of why he has to quit his awesome job as an ad man right. on Madison Avenue to to move into the country. Except that it's just man's natural. Desire to be wealthy somewhere with more grass. I guess that's it. And, and, <laughs> it's hard to say. And then we have so it's he and Myrna Loy. Is because because let's, be, let's be really honest. There's a I think there's a what do you want to say like an ethic an ethos that that neither of you or I share right. Which is I don't really want to. I, I, I have no interest in being a property owner, and neither do you, right? Uh, it's like well, having I your own the choice. <laughs> well, like, okay, well, let's overlook that part and just say that it's not something that's very fascinating to either one of us. Uh, yeah. But somehow this they make it look like a door, like a darling and, and very kid, like very interesting here. Yeah, I don't I don't share it as I'm much as you do. I'm a little. I am more different than you than, than on this issue. I just more. can't. I just can't. Uh, I just have no choice. My credit's just uh, terrible. Okay, all right. Credit is, yeah, no one would let me near buying anything. Well, I, yeah, so we do share that. Now, that, we, sure. that we share a couple. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but yeah, but but, it, but yeah, I, I get your point. Like the it's the uh, the exaggerated sense of like this heaven that awaits you right, across right. the city line. So in a sense, it's actually it's it's satirizing kind of both sides of the fence on that one. The 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 inner city and the struggle with space and all like that, and then ultimately with the result of on him building his dream house, you know, the the suburban life at the same time. Yeah, well, well, they, there's a complication or. A complicating character, and that's his friend Bill, played by the great Melvin Douglas mm-hmm, uh, in the forties. And it's like, uh, by the way, Melvin Douglas aged terribly. Did he? This is fifteen years before HUD. Really? Yeah. Good I mean, okay. Yeah, he aged terribly, but uh-huh. but um, Mel- Melvin Douglas plays his sort of like a level-headed great friend of the of of the couple, right. Myrna Loy. Super wise, the super sage dude. There's nothing really and, between him and Myrna Loy, but right. but every, any reasonable person would be a little bit on their toes about the situation. Yeah, yeah. Because they apparently they had dated before, right? Yeah. And so he's he's the sort of the lawyer and advisor, and he's always he he serves the function of advising. Cary Grant against doing what Cary Grant will ultimately do. Right, of course. And at the same time, you know, at some point he's going to walk out of a bedroom uh, like drying his hair in somebody else's pajamas, right? Because of a rainstorm. Yeah, of course. You know, it it happens, but you knew it was going to happen. So so the the, the film moves on to the second act with Cary Grant buying this dream house, which of course is a shambles. It's, he's convinced by the locals in Connecticut that some general from the Revolutionary (laughs) War watered his horse on this property there 
therefore it has historical significance. Right, right, right. And you know, he purchases forty acres, but somewhere in the contract, there's I mean, a contract which, by the way, is so ridiculous uh, and unlike anything that would happen in life, mm. is actually not forty acres, but twenty-seven acres. Right. And the house is actually falling, has to be torn down, and hence the title. It's literally a hunk of shit. It's just a hunk of shit, and it's all about <laughs> building this house and about their unreasonable expectations. Yeah. And about how they find happiness, and there's a B plot where um, uh, Cary Grant has been given this sort of ad campaign that's a dog yeah. for, for a product called Wham with a W. Yeah. It's a whale of a ham. Basically, it's spam. Yeah. Yeah. And and some and and then there's just some great sort of um, I'm putting quotations around great um, racism with their black cook Bessie. I mean, it, it's very, very <laughs> uncomfortable. To there watch. are a couple of moments that are definitely very rough. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm saying all this rapidly because it's like there's really no reason to like this movie. So I don't know if you did, but I'm curious if you can tell me why I do. I have no idea. <laughs> you didn't like it. I, no, no, no. I didn't dislike it. Yeah. There wasn't a hell of a lot to hang your hand on. It, it just was, isn't. It just didn't fall into it. It, 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 it didn't make a hell of a deep impression on it. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I In mean, some ways. You know what it is? You get to watch uh, Cary Grant be super fucking charming. <laughs> that's, I, you, you, that's kind of people legitimately paid to see that. There's a whole... And I, he definitely pulls it off here. Yeah. He's, he's definitely at his most self-deprecating in this. He definitely is, and he is charming, and, and that works. It, almost like from a sociological point of view, had this movie been made in like 1946 instead of 48, I think I would have accepted it more for this reason. Mm. You know, there's like, I think the, the lesson of Levittown, you know Levittown, yeah, New York, on Long yeah, Island? Yeah. Levittown, New York, is a, is a fucking shithole. Oh, nightmare. But it was a town built in 1946 yep. for returning GIs, and it was this sort of like, you know, get your GI bill, um, get a three-bedroom, you know, Know, 900 square foot bungalow you can live the suburban life yep. and it was a dream community for a while because people saw it and built it it was like the last gasp of pioneering America and real estate right. and so had this movie been made just after World War II ended I think I would have accepted it, it more as a significant film uh, of doing something right, right, right. but it's not nah. it's in no way this significant it's not, not a statement <laughs> it's really fucking isn't. here's my question put it this way what was the name of the uh, what was it, his wife that was, was was it Myrna Loy? Yeah, Myrna Loy. And she's great, but it's really all... This is a Cary Grant feature all the way She's across. just saying lines. Oh, dear, this. Yeah, she's been, everybody else is being... Except for the Bill character, who, again... Why do we choose following. different films? Uh, and now that I think about it, the awful truth, <laughs> and the, and Mr. Glendon's Bill, this, this is like you the Julie... these ones. I did. I this did is... I bl- blame me. This is like the Julie Andrews episode all over again. <laughs> well, let's name some things Cary Grant has gone. Cary Grant has been an indiscreet... Uh-huh. He's been in, in numerous Alfred Hitchcock movies. Was it, was it Notorious? He's been in Notorious. He's yeah. been in Suspicion. Yep, yep. Uh, he's been in To Catch a Thief. Yeah. He's been in Monkey Business, which is also not a good film, but actually more interesting because it has it has Ginger Rogers and Marilyn Monroe. But nevertheless, Mr. Blanding's Dream House definitely comes up on a lot of people's lists. It's not just what exactly you. is wrong with us is the question here. I, well, I thought it was just you with that uh, Spencer Tracy comment, which was so ridiculous, but I now understand that we're both he's ridiculous. Beautiful, beautiful yeah, why is he beautiful? What are you talking about? He's got this stoic Irish face. <laughs> yes. He's got an Irish face. I, yeah. Whoa. Oh, the 
your racism. It's got to go, my friend. You know something? I just You're full of potatoes. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, on, I'm keto. Down's on the keto diet, everyone. that poison, that yeah. to potatoes. I, by the way, have you asked, uh, I, can I ask you, uh, on air, as it were, uh, have you... Uh, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't. I forgot to weigh myself before. Get a scale, because no you, you're probably, I mean, uh, I, I, I hope with. the audience doesn't, if I pull the curtain back, Tom's a burly gentleman. <laughs> and I think the, the more uh, uh, burly, uh, burly or to think fluffy, if you will, or portly, a portly, portly husky, I think was the term we used to Ooh, use. Big bone like a motherfucker. Um, that you are, mm-hmm. when you start something like keto, you, it starts coming off fast, yeah, right? Yeah, initially, yeah. initially. Yeah. I mean, so I'm told. Yeah. yeah, so let's all wish Tom some well, happy well, weight loss. This goes fucking horribly awry. Like, I missed one step in the whole keto thing, and the next thing you know, I got like five other chins. Right, yeah. <laughs> 31 flavors. You uh-huh. missed Two pages were stuck together in the, in the cookbook. <laughs> what do you mean pancakes aren't good? <laughs> oh, you know what? Something just occurred to me. You know yeah, who yeah. else might be like the classic inheritor to uh, the Cary Grant thing? What? Um, Ham. Jack Ham. Jack Ham? Who's Ham? Who's Jack Ham? Wait, are you talking about John Ham? John Ham, yeah, John Ham. Okay, Jack, Jack Ham. is a, a football player. Who's Jack Wham? No, Jack Ham. He's Ham's a whale of a ham. Oh, shit. You're a ham. No, uh, John Ham. You know, by the way, these are, these are, John Ham is good looking, right? Really into that category, yeah. Okay, just check I mean, you know Spencer Tracy, but he's still. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you're you? You're not tracing me off that awesome piece of real estate. What are you talking about? I think he's a good looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're generous. My mom thinks uh, uh, Gandolfini is really good looking, too. Well, you, particularly now. That's the weird part. Yeah, he's lost a lot of weight. <laughs> he's on the keto diet, for sure. The worms are the on worm. the keto diet. Yeah. Oh, what were we talking about, Cary Grant? Oh, we're going to hell, Joseph. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are so many other great Cary Grant movies. But I think also what's, you know, we're going to be doing a Humphrey Bogart uh, extravaganza in a couple of weeks, right. just to sort of uh, preview this. And we were talking about how much, with, I don't want to name the films right now, but how some Sometimes you want to stray away from the obvious because sometimes your love of Hollywood is about not going for suspicion or to catch a thief or notorious or, or monkey business, but actually, like, what is some, like, to know, no, no, I'm just to love, love, love them. That's all I have to say. Maybe, or, or maybe, maybe we just have a, we just have a death wish for this fucking thing. I don't we're know. Just, we're, we're just, on, we're being drawn by our, by our impulses towards the lens to the more obscure. Yeah, I guess so. I guess. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I, I have to say, I will say this. There's no reason anyone should watch Mr. Blanding's Build a Street. I would even try to dissuade you from watching it. No, Except that it's no, comfortable. No, no. It's I a very comfortable to, film. I want you should. De- I'm totally going to recommend Mr. Blanding's Dream Home because I want you to judge this cocksucker over here yeah. for his uh, terrible taste in movies. No, it's a good movie. I don't it's, understand what it's. You're I mean, it, yeah, I, I, see mean, you're, I like, like it. I see where it's not. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed, and I love it so much. But it's not that. Uh, but it's uh, it's enjoyable. It's yeah. Cary Grant, and that's that's what you're looking for when you see when you when you go to a Cary Grant movie. Movie. You're there to see Cary Grant. Let's. Uh, wow. Do you mind if I do? If I <coughs> just just spend a little time doing something. Oh please. Uh, let's go to Cary Grant's IMDBM. Mm-hmm. IMDb. 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 And I'm gonna just name. I won't mm. name them all, but I'm gonna name some and tell me if you think this is a good movie or not. <laughs> Topper. You ever seen Topper? Never saw that. That's uh, not great. Uh, the awful truth. Okay. Bringing up baby. Yep. You know, bringing up baby and holiday. By the way, are are also not that great. It, it's just that they have leopards. One of them has a leopard, and they both have Catherine Hepburn. So it's like it's almost like it's a chemistry experiment. Every time you watch one of those films, it's like how many things can they put in there and then have him 
still tight rope walk and be charming. Yes. Uh, That's kind of it. Okay. I, you know, come to think of it, I wonder if that makes him maybe the, one of the greatest stars in all of Hollywood history. Let's give this... Like, he was never in a great... Was he ever in a great movie? Yeah, they just sat the in, in the writer's room or the, like the Hollywood lot, like, what piece of shit can we put together and convince <laughs> Cary Grant to do? Um, his Girl Friday... Now, by the way, I always That's thought his Girl Friday... Movie, but I always not. thought it was kind of overrated. I mean, it's... Yeah. But it's better than, than The Awful Truth, for sure. Uh, My Favorite Wife... Again... That's actually just kind of a, a, a dumb, and it's the one where um, James Garner did a remake with Doris Day, by the way, oh. um, in the 60s. But, but the premise is um, um, Irene Dunn is his wife, and she's lost at sea. And then it turns out that she comes back, and, and she's been... <laughs> She's been on an island, but she's been on an island with a good-looking Johnny uh, Weissmuller type for like right. seven of years. Of course, right. And it's like... And, it's, so, and magically unpregnant. It's not great. With the Philadelphia story we did, now that's a Catherine Hepburn movie, movie, and it's, again, it's... But it's um, not, yeah. And Jimmy Stewart is great in it, but just like the remake High Society with the Bing Crosby role, Bing Crosby or Cary Grant, they just sort of come in the boom, 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 and then they sort of go <laughs> out again. Yeah. Nothing big there. Suspicion... I, it's, it's okay. It's good. It's okay. Okay. Um, Suspicion. Is that that's another Hitchcock? Yeah. Arsenic and Old Lace. Not a not great a, movie. Nah. Not I, a great. God, but goddamn it! But goddamn okay. it! I enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. But the first Arsenic and Old Lace is in trouble. But I guess so because it's got uh, not Lon Chaney, but one of those Herbert Long or some weirdo uh, with, a, with a terrible long face. All right. Uh, the first one that makes the list here. This is like 16 years into his career that I think is a great movie. Is Notorious, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give him credit for being great. But Ingrid Bergman's in it. Yes. Claw rates, and it's an Alfred Hitchcock thing, and and, and the, it's Alfred Hitchcock at the height of his the scene, with the, the cinematography with the key alone yeah. is worth that movie. Yeah. So again, the Bishop's Wife, no, <laughs> uh, the Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer with he and a teenage um, Shirley Temple, not very good. Mm. Monkey Business is a disaster, even though it has <laughs> he wears glasses. Yeah, it's sort of got that um, that like 1970s um, like Kurt Russell type thing, like flubber type of like someone drank the wrong potion and now they can lift you know a car type of thing <laughs> to catch a thief again it's like a movie that's it's, a good, that's it's a pretty good, good but it's movie. actually not it's not no. great in, in the canon of of Alfred Hitchcock um in the street um I think is good yeah and, and sure. again I don't know how much of that is also um and again I, I would say the second huge winner after Notorious is North by North Northwest, Northwest which we've covered on, on the Patreon side yeah, yeah, yeah. um and it's um again Alfred Hitchcock and I'm not sure and then he retires in 1966 with that running film yeah with a great George Takei George Takei so I mean I don't know what to say uh, no, I, I wonder if uh, he is simultaneously maybe the greatest Hollywood star ever. Yeah, he and could just, be. And just the un, the undefensible. I, yeah, I, I, and the indefensible Cary Grant. He didn't, maybe he simply didn't. By the way, fly. that's now the title of this episode: the indefensible, indefensible Cary Grant. Maybe he just maybe he just did not give a fuck. He was like, we're going to pay, we're going to make rent. Like you know, like some art, some some you know, a lot of actors have an artistic pretension. Maybe he just simply had no artistic pretension. You know, I've, I've worked with people like this, and I've always admired them. It's more than just it's it's somewhere in between confidence and I don't give a shit. It's a mixture and they always get things done. Mm. And you feel like the the ship is safe. And I guess that's it that's, with Cary Grant. He's a safe bet. He was one of the safest bets in all of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Because I love so many of his movies and they're not no, great movies. They're really not. Houseboat like with Sophia Loren, terrible movie. Uh, Grass is greener. He's just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. The movies are not great, but he's great. And also, and again, when you go to see a Cary Grant movie, get banned to see Cary Grant. Let's not forget. And that's pretty much it. Let's not forget that that uh, half of Tony Curtis in Something Like It Hot is him making fun of Cary Grant. Yes. Cary Grant's 
best performance might be Tony Curtis being here. <laughs> 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 Nobody talks like that. All right. Um, All right. Despite the temper tantrum that you threw oh. when I didn't understand, just innocently, frankly, oh, why uh, Spencer Tracy isn't an Adonis. Um, oh, putting God. that aside, I felt like we had a good conversation about um, about uh, Cary Grant. And I'm wondering if you have anything because I'm always generous uh, <laughs> that you'd like to plug. Just a, just a gentle lamb of a soul. Um, uh, no, actually, go check out my website. It's newly updated. It's going to be great. Are you, are you still working on that, Tom? No, no, it's done now. Oh, okay. By the time this comes out, <laughs> a week has passed. I forgot. Done. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, come are you working on my website still? No. no the film is on film. I think I'm done with your film. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Grateful card. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, go, go uh, check that out. Uh, all right, yeah. there you go. All right, Tommy, I love you a lot. Uh-huh. I, uh, you've had your time out, and you seem to be doing better. So, I love you. <laughs> we got you a little juice box, so, so we're doing okay. And, yeah. and in two weeks, we'll be doing um, the great Bogart extravaganza. I'm not sure what we're doing next week, but Tommy's going to pick something. And, uh, hey, I love you. Hey, don't forget to consider uh, becoming a Patreon subscriber. Ah, we can yeah, use your please. money. Yeah, because, you know. Okay, Tommy. All right. <laughs> See you, man. <laughs> bye, bye. Slam this down and walk. Awesome. So we did. We already do picnic. We already did picnic, didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. We could do.